We continue the PJ Washington conversation. Did he get duped in this contract? Then we go to the sicko satchel. That's all today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. We're Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In a minute, cuz we live. We live. Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your podcast, and that includes YouTube. That's Doug Branson. You can catch his Substack, everyhornetsboxscore.com. I'm Walker Mail. You can listen to me on the radio, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, every weekday on Wes and Walker from 12 to 3 p.m. So we're continuing the P.J. Washington conversation. I don't know if this is going to lead to an argument that you have with yourself in order for you to win. And then <laughs> I the argue kind of something different. Yeah, right. Like that's you're very good at it. We've talked about it. We just mentioned it yesterday, but you did the whole, oh, I don't I don't know what you're talking about. I, this is this is not what I do, but fair enough. We'll continue the P.J. convo. Doug, I know you still had some takes from yesterday. I didn't allow you to get to them. That's we had right. top we had top 35 lists to get to yesterday. And I had a couple of PJ thoughts and you said, all right, well, you stole all my time. Mm-hmm. This take is so powerful. It's so supernova. <laughs> I wanted to save it for the next episode. So I saw on the rundown, you got a couple things you want to discuss with PJ. It starts with, did he get duped? Seems like you have a little problem with that phrasing. Well, I just, I'm interested in your thoughts because you and I really haven't sometimes we will talk about things pre-show and sometimes we won't. And so I'm genuinely interested Mm -hmm. in your thoughts on this because I do see comments, whether they be on social media or on our YouTube chat after this PJ contract, that uh, people's perception of it is it's a team-friendly contract. And because it's descending over time, because it's super tradable, because there are no there are incentive clauses uh, that may prevent him from realizing the full extent of the contract because there are no player options in the contract. Really, all of the control lands with the Hornets at this point. And we all had some indication from rumors. How true were those? We don't know. But we had some indication that P.J. Washington wanted significantly more than $60 million. And so people have this perception that P.J. just got played. Like the the, the Hornets came in there and and swindled him um, out of out of money in his contract, and, and I'm just I just don't know about that because there if if there were a market, if there were a significant market or really any market for PJ Washington that had materialized through this restricted free agency process, and he ended up signing the deal that he signed with the Charlotte Hornets, then I would be more on board with. Yeah, wow. I mean, really, the the Hornets got him on this one. But everyone was clear on the contract terms, and I think everyone was clear on the reality of the situation. It was more for P.J. just coming to terms with that reality and then signing the deal that he ultimately signed. But I don't think he got duped by the team. 100%. Because duped or swindled means that he didn't know what he was doing, that you took advantage of his ignorance, and that's not the case. P.J. Washington knew... You just wanted to play this out as long as you possibly could to explore every avenue. And once there wasn't another contract that would have been long-term, that would have given you this kind of guaranteed money, which was 48 to be exact. And then we'll see if he hits the incentive. So not, I guess not 48 guaranteed because the incentives are baked in there. So what are we talking about at 46 guaranteed? That's a lot of money. I mean, you know, it's a a million and a half. 
yeah. is what we're talking about. So a million and a half is what's baked into the incentives every single year's, uh, season, $500,000 each year. But PJ and his agent, they knew what was going on. They know the idea. So when you're talking about getting duped, it means that he didn't know, oh, well, I'll just sign it, la-di-da. I think three years is very intentional, probably on the PJ part. If you're the Charlotte Hornets and this contract, the money was always going to be true and that was going to be true for a fourth year added, then I think the Charlotte Hornets would have done that 100%. I, I think the Hornets would love control a, a one more year. Sometimes you want it off the books as fast as possible. Sometimes you want a player on the books as long as possible. At this figure, especially in excuse me, declining fashion, then you're going to want another year on that. So when we talk about three years, I think the three part is probably pushed by the PJ Washington party so they can get out as soon as 28 years old. Or remember, he's turning, you know, he's turning a year older every single negotiation period, every off season around that time, you're going to have a, a fresh year of whatever he turns. So yeah, to, to say that he was duped or swindled means that he nor his agent knew what they were signing while everything else was out there. And you're right at this point, because the Charlotte Hornets didn't win much of the same reason that LaMelo gets ranked 84th at this point, PJ wasn't as valued and he signs a $48 million contract with incentives, unlikely incentives uh, included. And PJ Washington, unfortunately landed in this sort of murky middle of the free agency rookie process because you know, there are a number of rookies who are so good, perform so well, are just undeniably uh, talented, like LaMelo Ball, that when the rookie extension comes up, you just you back up the Brinks truck. Mm -hmm. And then there are a, a, a number of rookies, and this has been the more familiar process that the Hornets as an organization has gone through, that don't play well enough to even consider extending at all. And then there's this middle group, which I think PJ finds himself in, where it's like, well, you know, it's he's not even close to a max player, so he's a mid-level player, or, or is he above the mid-level? How far above the mid-level? And then this other factor, which is the Hornets haven't had any playoff success, and so by virtue of that, PJ has not been a part of that playoff success mm -hmm. or even getting to the playoffs and so then not only are you in the murky middle, you now are in the murky middle with no, with nothing to generate, I think, interest from teams who are legitimate playoff teams like a Dallas, you know, or a Cleveland, enough interest where they would throw you a contract. And so, you know, he was just, you know, PJ found himself in an unfortunate situation. And I think, look, the Hornets probably wanted to pay less than than $16 million. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think they probably wanted to have it somewhere closer to what Grant Williams is making. Grant Williams has playoff experience, and he's making less money now for, for the Dallas Mavericks. Probably wanted it closer to just right above that mid-level. And so there was a negotiation. They came to what I think is in the middle of the number that each party wanted. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just, you know, I just don't think we need to start it off like that. Like, all right, PJ's here for three years. I think they both figured out a way to make a deal happen. Let's just celebrate that and not turn it into, well, this player, you know, got swindled. Yeah. So when you're insulting, I, maybe they, maybe people who say that are meaning to say that insult both parties, but you do insult both parties, right? Like by saying PJ Washington was swindled, it's like, oh, poor PJ. He doesn't know what he's doing. His, his representatives, they don't know what they're doing. The sh and the Charlotte Hornets do. 
<laughs> like, I mean, they haven't proven a ton. Well, like this, this is look, yeah. With the, right, like this move here, it worked out. Here's here was my biggest problem the entire time. I think a lot of times when we discuss the people part of the business, not a referenced it a million times, right? When we discuss it, I think it's overblown for a lot of teams. I think the Charlotte Hornets have a pretty big rep problem right now. Whether mm -hmm. you agree with everybody that has that kind of reputation or that perception, that doesn't matter. The perception is the reality in this case. And perception is that they don't deal with these sort of sorts of things very well. And so if you are playing close to the line here with PJ after Miles Bridges, which more understandably so, uh, the Miles qualifying offer, like, I applaud the Hornets for that, not giving Miles whatever he wanted. That's different. At the same time, Miles does sign the qualifying offer. And then with PJ, who does do everything you ask him, who is somebody that didn't get in trouble, who did play more games than anybody and available for more. And it just seems like he did everything as right as possible and said, you know, if, if you made every bucket for sure, you get the idea. And then you still want to play this hardball with them. That was my problem with the Charlotte yeah. Hornets. But at the end of the day, you get them to a contract that's three years, 48. That is pretty damn team friendly to me. And so they escape it. But that was my biggest worry this entire process. This process dragged on for a very long time, longer than mm -hmm. really any of these kinds of processes have dragged on for a player in Charlotte Hornets history. It yeah. was unprecedented how long this process took. That's a testament to how both sides were really battling hard in this negotiation, To but they came to terms. That was the key. Like, PJ didn't sign the qualifying offer. They right. didn't work a sign-and-trade, which is where, honestly where I thought all of this was heading. I did not think they were going to get a deal done. It was important for the Hornets to get a deal done because you're right. An organization has to walk a fine line between we, we are going to pay people when they work hard for us and, and are talented – and we're going to reward that because we want that reputation. We want players to come to this organization and understand if you play well here, we pay you. Mm -hmm. But you also don't want to negotiate against yourself. You can't do that. And that, that just that's a recipe for for destroying your ability to go out and actually acquire talented players later on because you're going to fill up your books. So they didn't negotiate against themselves. PJ stuck to you know, his stance of wanting more, significantly more than that mid-level, and both sides came to an agreement. And I don't know why we can't land on that. Maybe we um, can. Maybe way, more. I'm, I'm giving. I'm not giving enough credit to the entire fan base. I'm sure a majority of people are out there. They understand this. I would just say to those that think PJ got played, I just don't buy that. Yeah. All right. Let's talk a little more PJ coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. I have a surprise question for Doug. He doesn't oh. even know what's coming up next. So you're teased. Doug is teased. Everybody's teased. Stay tuned to the question that I have for Doug Branson Ooh. in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 2,000 in bonus bets back guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and even more than that. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you will not want to miss. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. More PJ stuff coming up next. 
Doug, it was funny you brought up Grant Williams because you were saying how the Hornets probably wanted to pay P.J. Washington Grant Williams money. But what's funny is they wanted to pay Grant Williams, like maybe Kelly Oubre money, what he's going to get. So the problem is it's just a sliding scale. Everything moves yeah. down. As soon as you went a penny, as soon as you went a penny above the mid-level exception, Hornets are like, all right, Dallas, you got him. We're not dealing in cap space, which is fine. It's just, you know, this is this is the other domino that needed to fall. It's the PJ thing. You thought maybe they would bring in both, but nope. Grant gets a little more than the MLE. Hornets are out. Well, and they also, in this same free agency period, did not bother to call Dennis Smith Jr., who was the driving force behind any kind of defensive presence that they had last year in the backcourt. They just didn't make him a priority. They maybe offered him more money, but they didn't call him first. And Brooklyn swooped in there and, yeah. and snagged them. And who did they replace him with? Frank Nielakina. Big question mark there. So that's part of the problem with this framing too, right? Is that it? I think it gives too much credit yeah. to a front office that hasn't necessarily earned that credit. So, so right. It, and they've been, you know, I, the, the Terry Rozier contract, the Gordon Hayward contract, that, that's big money stuff. It, it does feel like this is the first one, Doug. And I've talked about this as soon as we discussed this specific deal. It's the best one I've ever felt about with this kind of money. Now, mm -hmm. Lamelo is easy, right? That I don't even count that. It's the one where it was a little up in the air negotiation. We knew what Lamelo was going to get. I, if if it would have been anything other than here is the max, take my money and be here five years contractually, then we would have had a problem. But we expected it with this. I thought this negotiation was the most dicey. I didn't know what was going to happen. We thought we might get this with Miles last year, but we didn't because he turned himself in to be arrested for felony domestic violence. So now PJ Washington, this is the first true pretty big contract negotiation that we've had with the Mitch Kupchak era, which is interesting to me. I, I didn't even thought about it before, but you're talking about who else? I mean, Cody Martin comes aboard, eight million a year. Not at this, not at this no, PJ level. That was easy, you know. Uh, I, I at, at least with a draft pick, right? Like T, Terry Rozier getting twenty million, and Gordon Hayward. Those are big contracts. <laughs> I guess my point with PJ is a guy that you drafted. That the also murky you have middle. to That's, I'm, you're, you're, yeah. you are you are describing right. the murky middle, uh, which is what you know. Where do we? It's not as easy to value that. Yeah, and so I guess I was talking about the guys that Mitch Kupchak drafted, but you get the right. idea. My next question is, before we get to some other stuff here, um, man, if PJ now, he is on a second contract with this team, and he's going to be a role player. Mm -hmm. So in this era, I wonder if PJ is going to become, I wonder if people are going to join my side, Doug. I wonder if people are going to become, or, or going to come to love PJ more, because he's going to be the dude that has longevity, right? So four years plays his contract out. Do they finally reach the promised land by his second or third year to the point where he's a decent part of it? They bring him aboard again. And then now you have PJ apart as a rotation player <clears throat> where a team is actually getting to the playoffs. And then you look at the basketball reference page and Oh, PJ played nine seasons, 10 seasons with this team. 
Mm -hmm. I, like you, you've passed the first, <laughs> you've jumped the first hurdle to get to that right. point, which is going to be interesting. But yeah, still where does he end up? Where does he end up on the top forty? I think yeah. that's what you're really <laughs> getting to. Question. Like when we do these lists again five years from now, when the Hornets are celebrating their fortieth anniversary, uh, those those seasons, you know, are going to matter. Longevity matters when you don't yeah. have a ton of history in your franchise. But you bring up a good point, which is he's on the second contract. But the beauty of the contract in that it is three years, and as you, I think, correctly pointed out, was probably something that was more on the PJ side, because I don't think there's any I don't think there's any strong loyalty between PJ in this front office, PJ in the city, PJ in this team. And you don't need to have I'm not even I'm not leveling yeah. that as a criticism. You don't need to have loyalty in this business you, because neither side really has true loyalty. You, you know, you could be traded at any moment. Uh, you know, people can ask out. You know, there is no true loyalty in this business, but I don't think there's any I think this is I think PJ is a a little bit of a mercenary at this point. And that's that's good for the Hornets in a sense because PJ in year 1 of this second contract should be playing like he's auditioning for the next contract, whether that be with the Charlotte Hornets or whether that be for a team he's uh, traded to in the future or whether that be a team that he's going to explore when he becomes an unrestricted free agent three seasons from now. But this second contract is not going to be a, well, I can just sit back now. I got my money. No, PJ is going to be playing for the third contract, and I think that's going to ultimately benefit the Hornets. Here's an interesting thing that I noted from the press release that was sent out. It kind of goes to I think the loyalty piece here, or the 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 love between these two parties after this tough long negotiation. Yeah. Uh, Mitch, his Mitch Kupchak, his name comes up in the press release, but there is no quote. There is no quote. PJ, we wanted to get this deal done because PJ is an important part of this organization, and we're excited about right. what he's going to break. Like the, none of that. There's just right. no. There's zero quote. <laughs> and so. I think when you take that into the the fullness of this conversation, the length of it, how difficult it was to come to terms, I just from that I take like, all right, they got a deal done, but they are not exactly, you know, yeah. in the honeymoon suite right now. <laughs> you no. Know. No, they're they're no fighting. video, no video of like you know the cute video that they did with Lamelo and Mitch. Like Mitch is like, all right, now you got to be MVP, and Lamelo's like, okay, Dad. Like there's no there's no video like that. It's just like yeah, we we signed PJ. Something bad <laughs> happened at the wedding, and they're supposed to they've scheduled the honeymoon. Like it's there. It's just man, they're fighting right. now, and no one's yeah. having fun on this trip. And that's and that's indicative of what you just talked about. Yeah, and I remember asking Mitch Kupchak, so it would be I guess two off seasons ago, right? Right. If this offseason is one, two off seasons ago where we didn't know what was going to happen with Miles and we didn't know what was going to happen with PJ. So we didn't even know what was going to happen with Mitch. Remember, like we thought, OK, Jake Fisher is out here talking about Mitch might go into a different role. So we got clarity on that from Mitch Kupchak in that uh, media availability. He was he was saying that they were going to sign Miles. Miles was going to get $30 million and he was going to get it from the Charlotte Hornets. That that was going to happen. Mitch told you that. OK real transparent what he was not very transparent on was the pj washington stuff in yeah. fact maybe you think he was being clear and that yeah guys it's going to be a bumpy road i don't know what's going to happen maybe he was being clear when he said that but i asked him about pj and that was the quintessential gm answer he was giving us the real general manager answer there with everything else 
oh yeah, we you know we signed a multi-year deal. You know they're gonna have me back. Oh yeah, Miles. Uh, 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 all right, I'll say it. We're gonna pay Miles. We're we're gonna pay him. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, we with, love him back. With with PJ, that didn't happen. So yeah, it was right. it was dicey, and it went through and through all the way to the end of august all right any more pj takes before we move on to the sicko satchel doc we don't have any all-stars on this team <laughs> um i just had to get that we we're talking about you Mitch. To. i gotta get the ultimate mitch quote um in there the only other thing that i thought about through this process is that the, the deal is done it's a good deal i think for both parties but i'm i i admit it is a team friendly deal it is good for the charlotte hornets and it got me to thinking like i think what do you think about this Mitch Kupchak, to me, as a general manager, is a lot like P.J. Washington. There may okay. be some love lost there, but I think they are very similar if you look at their records. Uh, that P.J. Washington, as his usage declines, he plays a lot better. Shoots the three better offensively, just a significantly more efficient player yep. the less he does. I think it's part of the reason why he didn't get a big bag of money is because when you look a little deeper into the statistics, if you go a little bit past set career highs and da-da-da-da-da last season, you go, well, wait a minute. As he gets the ball more, less good stuff happens and more bad stuff happens. And Mitch is a lot like that as a general manager. He doesn't do a lot, uh, but when he does it, you know, we're not we're not totally unhappy with, with the results. Yeah, what do you I think can about see that. that? Okay. All right. You like that? Yeah. You like that comparison? Okay. Now, okay. I would say, I would say, I would like a, a, a front office, a future front office, to maybe be able to do a little bit more and be more efficient. I think that you would wanna, ultimately benefit the franchise. Yeah. I mean, you, you almost want a volume shooter at this point. You want more action, even if you do have a couple clanks in there. You do want some more action. Uh, oh, totally. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay <laughs> with clanks if they come with a little bit more volume because you give yourself more opportunity and, and you give yourself a little bit hope. Every, every move, every contract that's signed, every player that you bring in is an opportunity to completely change the calculus on – on a season. And so, yes, I think volume does matter when it, when it mm -hmm. comes to these things. And I'll, and I'll, this is the last thing I'll say. I don't really care that there's love lost. I don't really care that there's not uh, a Mitch Kupchak quote in the press release. And, and, and I don't care that if, if PJ is like, all right, look, yeah. I'm here to do business. I don't care about Charlotte. I don't care about any of that. Cause I think we overrate the whole, Oh, he loves to be in Charlotte. Like who cares? Can he play basketball or not? And is he going to be playing basketball for Charlotte? That's all I care about as, as a fan. I just want to see this team win. And if PJ can help them win, then great. And also, this front office might not even be here a year oh, from yeah. now. So who cares well, if, if PJ and Mitch don't like each other? Who cares? 100 percent 100 and and what i do care about is pj and i'm sure pj cares about is his relationship with the coach and that seems good because now now you're talking about well now you're talking about incentives literally being a part of the contract so you are talking about actual money being lost if you don't play well enough to earn more minutes and play 74 games this season now i can't imagine pj would ever based off of merit of play get a T dnp cd I, like i can't see that but I could see him not meet, uh, not reach the minutes threshold, possibly with Miles, with Brandon. You know, like that's a real possibility. I don't see the actual if if he's healthy, right? If we say no injuries, then he'll get his game mark. 
but minutes that would be a little interesting and so that's why he does have five hundred thousand dollars to play for so we'll see the relationship this season but certainly next yeah certainly next season opportunity will be there if they don't i mean gordon's gone they they may not extend miles miles may go somewhere else he'll be an unrestricted free agent so the opportunity is there maybe not this season to make that 500k but he could bank it in the in the following two seasons trade market's interesting too you're right good point all right coming up next on the locked on hornets podcast don't go to sleep on the hornets just yet we go to the sicko satchel people asking questions on youtube making comments in the comment section asking us questions on twitter all that good stuff we go to the sicko satchel coming up next all right doug we got a lot of comments in the lamella ball episode that we did some pj washington comments too but you are the keeper of the sicko satchel what kind of comments did you want to go to uh, yeah, we've got one from, I'm going to mess this up, so I apologize in advance. Said Dude Diallo, 4140, saying, LaMelo year incoming. Got to remind these short-minded people how great he is. PJ contract is nice, no matter how you see it. And that was the general vibe from a lot of these comments, was that, look, this 84th ranking, if LaMelo sees it, he should see it. He should be inspired by it. And, and I totally, I don't know how you feel about this, Walker, but I agree. I actually, I don't get upset with the 84th ranking. I love it. If the Charlotte Hornets had made the playoffs last season, if everything would have gone right instead of everything going wrong, and then someone comes along and says, well, actually, even though they made the playoffs and, you know, had, had a little bit of success, the, the, LaMelo's 84th, then I would have a problem with it. But I want everyone to hate on the Hornets. I want everyone to uh, basically underrate all of our players, and, and mm-hmm. especially the ones that will have the most impact on winning, like LaMelo. And I want them to see it, and I want them to feel bad about it in, in a way that inspires them to say, all right, I'm going to show these people what, what I can do. I hope they feel that, because if they don't, if LaMelo doesn't feel that at all, you, you know, then... I mean, what what did we just what did we just what did the organization just pay for if somebody's not going to be inspired by that? Yeah, I mean, he's got to be the lowest ranked max young player out there. I, I don't know if there are bad contracts. I'm not thinking of that have guys lower, but yeah, the the max player that's a younger player, he's got to be the lowest on that list, and that has to hurt. So, or maybe not hurt. You get the idea. That has. Well, to here's what you want. I think. think it's it's a weird thing. This is actually what you want. You want a player to get on the podium and you ask the question, hey, did you see the ranking? What do you think? You want them to lie to you. (laughs) You want them to say, I don't pay attention to that stuff. You know, I'm just singularly focused on being the best basketball. Mm -hmm. You want them to just bald-faced, is it bold-faced or bald-faced? You want We've them, talked about this before. It's bald-faced. That, that's what the meaning is supposed to be. Yeah. You, they bold-faced lie to you. There you go. Nailed it. <laughs> and then secretly, though, secretly, they are the Kevin Durant burner account. They are the, what is the ref that just had to, was forced to retire because he was on Twitter, like defending, oh refereeing, uh, Eric uh, I something. I forget, yes, but um, right. You want them to just secretly burn inside about every little slight. Uh, but when they get on the podium, you want them to lie and say, no, I'm, I'm focused on this next season. Right. You want it to be LaMelo. Did you see your ranking said? No, I, I don't care. I never pay attention. I don't care about being ranked 84th. I didn't mention 84. Huh? Huh? Oh. <laughs> I do care. That's what I want. I want that interaction on the podium. All yeah, right, I mean, it, it would be Satchel. nice if they were honest, right? It would be funny. It would make for a great mm-hmm. quote, um, you know, but at the same time, that's me selfishly wanting to to laugh. I just don't think I just don't think guys are honest in that way. They don't want to admit sure. that they they read this kind of stuff. 
Um, but uh, yeah, you want them, you, you do. I, I want people to continue to discount the Hornets because honestly, like at this point, that's the only way the Hornets are going to earn any respect is to surprise folks is for everyone to think that they're going to win 30 games and then they win 45. That's the only way this thing's going to happen until there's a new front office that is legitimately engaged in bringing actual talent to this organization and using veteran talent and using every tool in their tool belt to accomplish that until that happens, then it is going to have to be as Steve Clifford reminds us, it's going to have to be two or three guys winning awards that they were not in contention for last season and just surprising everyone. Mm -hmm. That's how they're going to win enough games to get to the playoffs. All right. Next comment. What else you got? Question, comment, concern. What else do you have in the Seiko Satchel? Uh, casual Hindu says Halliburton at 17 and mellow at 84 pisses me off right. so much. Uh, let's see. Uh, Static defender Akami 780 says people acting as if the ball and bridges combo wasn't just two years ago. LaMelo is the opposite of a ball hog. And even if he is a ball hog, again, if he hogs it on a possession when, you know, there aren't too many shooters on the floor, it's kind of what you want. He's a good, he's a good offensive player. Right. Right. So. All right. Yeah. So I mean, that, that you it? know, generally, again, generally, these comments are are in agreement with like the fact that eighty four significantly lower. There were guys that were higher that had no business being higher. There is this one from I don't text nine seven eight three says it's the four ankle injuries last year. He needs a solid season to get respect, and that goes to something we talked about yesterday too, which is look, you know, you can't deny that he didn't play a lot of games last season. The the stats were there had he been healthy. You know, he could have, I think, generated enough at least for a second all-star appearance, but maybe even an all-NBA appearance, And but he didn't do it. And so we have to, you know, this is where I think some of the, the super fans of LaMelo do get a little tripped up, which is like, I think they get ahead of themselves a little bit. They see the talent, they see the highlights, you know, they see the incredible passes, the physics breaking mm -hmm. that he does on a regular basis and say, we have the guys there, the guys there. Why, why, he's an all-NBA already. And it's like, no, you still have to accomplish it. You still well, and, have to get the get the awards. Well, and, and Matt, who created this list, you know, you so you mentioned the injuries being an excuse there or being one of the reasons as to why. Well, that was the only thing really included in the write up. It was that even though the injuries were a problem and then you didn't really get a ton of evidence. That's not to say that Matt should have a one page write up on every single one of his 100 players. That's going to be a lot. But in that write-up, if you go by that, then it's just, you know, the injuries, which are kind of an excuse. And then I think Matt would talk a little bit more about, you know, quote tweeting some of the other reasons as to why Lamelo might be ranked low. And so uh, those, there were a lot of people coming towards Matt. And so like, okay, yeah, I too many comments to read all the reasoning as to why Lamelo is that low. But we did have yeah. that one little paragraph. And, and people, I think, see the sizzle. And Lamelo has the sizzle. And, and I think they look at the sizzle and then they look at the record of the team and they, they, they don't like that particular matchup. And I think what you and I would argue is that that's not singularly LaMelo's fault. And yet you and I, I think, have been very fair about the deficiencies in LaMelo's game that he's, I think, continuing to work on. Like now that he, now that he has a second contract, I really want to see a more mature He's only 22, but I want to see a more mature 
LaMelo Ball, when it comes to he makes a turnover on offense, a bad turnover, and, and gets upset about it and then immediately fouls and picks up his fourth foul. Like, I, 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 we have to see that be eliminated from his game. You know, there are places where there are legitimate arguments that were, I think, probably sh- maybe w- if they had been made in Matt's article, uh, I think people still would have been upset, but maybe they would have been a little sure. less upset. Sure. Um, you know, there are legitimate places where you go, I, I mean, I don't think he's 84th, but there are legitimate places in his game where you go, okay, if he gets rid of that and he stays healthy and the Hornets, you know, management can throw him a bone and 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 do do some things to bring in some talent – then you know he's got all the he'll he'll have all the tools necessary to get into the top twenty five, top ten, you know, in a couple of years in the league. That's Doug Branson. Go check out more of his thoughts on his Substack, everyhornetsboxscore.com. I'm Walker Mail. Listen to me on WFNZ every weekday from twelve to three p.m. And thanks for making us your first listen. Feel free to catch us anywhere you get your podcast, including Game to Game NBA, where you make that your second listen. Every moment, every top performance. Every result during the regular season, Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the league with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. So we have a few more weeks to go of three episode weeks. So Mm -hmm. I think that's Mm -hmm. correct, right? So we have three more weeks where we'll give you three episodes per week. And then as soon as we get to September 18th, that's when we're going to go every single day. So oh, September days. Yep. Oh, we yep. get ready for a lot of. We're, we're, listen, I'll, I'll I will promise you this: we will finish the top thirty-five list. Oh, that's gonna. We happen. will finish who wore it best. We're that going I'm to not get so sure about. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna get to some of these things because we mm-hmm. gotta we gotta get them off our plate because this is a super important season. It can't. It just. I mean, a knock on wood, but it can't possibly. <laughs> go the way that it did mm-hmm. last season. So it's going to be a very important season. Jobs are on the line. Mitch Kupchak's job is on the line. Steve Clifford's job is on the line. We got two owners now instead of one. It's mm-hmm. going to be a crazy season. So we got to get this stuff off of our plate so we can focus in on, you know, previewing this season. Yeah. And, and maybe if we just talk about this, you know, even during the season, maybe we just bring it out during losses. We don't want to talk about it's Like, All right. Who wore it best? You know, right smack dab in the middle of January. I want to talk about who wore it best after a 30 point loss. That's what we should do. Um, all right. So we'll figure that out. September 18th. <laughs> that's when we're going to be on five days a week. Once again, have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Not tomorrow. Next week. 